you are now tuned in to Cup of Grind with Jada D. This is your daily dose of what's real in entrepreneurship. This podcast is intended for the new business owner, the person with a really good idea but not sure where to begin, and that person working at a job dreaming of the day that they can work for themselves. It's grind time. What's up, what's up, what's up? It's your girl Jada D, and this is another Cup of Grind. I'm really excited about my guest today. Um, We're going to be talking about some of the not-so-fun things, but the business essentials for sure when it comes to having your affairs in order. Um, My guest is Roderick Selman, the founder and senior advisor of STF Financial, a firm which represents a comprehensive array of insurance and financial services for individuals and businesses, which was founded to serve the various financial needs of his clients by providing a knowledgeable holistic source for insurance planning and preserving assets. He is a highly trained financial service professional who wholeheartedly cares, is committed to excellence, and works in the best interest of his clients. I want you to allow him to tell his own story. This man has been recognized as a top 40 under 40 by urban elite young professionals. He is a native of Memphis, Tennessee, my hometown. And, you know, he juggles being a father, a husband, and a young professional running a business. So hear his story. Check it out. Hey, my intro still get me hype every time I hear it. And I produced it. What's up, Rod? What's going on? What's up, Jada? How are you? I'm good. I appreciate you for, you know, penciling me in. I know you're a busy man, so I really appreciate you making the time to make this podcast happen. You know what? It, it is hard to make time, especially with kids. But no, I'm uh, just joking. We, um, thank you for having me, and I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. And we definitely want to talk about later, you know, how you're able to juggle business, um, being a husband, being a father, and a business owner. So we definitely want to, we're going to touch on that. So Again, I appreciate you being here and just kind of want to jump into it. So tell me a little bit about, you know, your business. How long have you been in business? I actually got started in the insurance and financial services world um, in 2000 and in the end of 2011. Uh, At the time, I was still working. Um, I worked for a company, a cell phone company uh, here locally in my hometown, and they was going through a transition um, a possible buyout and I started looking to other profession I may want to transition into and uh, came across insurance and that's that's where I got my start in 2000 end of 2011. Wow in the 2011 it's 2019 now so you've been in you got a little experience under your belt and you know unlike a lot of people you kind of decided then that you know you wanted to work for yourself so like what was that moment where you was like, man, I got it. Yeah, I got to do something else. And, and like making it a full-time decision. How'd you do that? The biggest decision I think I made, because at the time, at the job I was working, I was I was making pretty decent money. At least what I thought I felt for my age at the time, right? Um, but the biggest thing was the, the what-ifs and relying on an employer um, to kind of fulfill my future and kind of not having that security there. Uh, so doing that transition where the company was going through a possible buyout, 
I didn't feel secure anymore. Um, and at the time, I um, at the time, my, my, my wife was pregnant. Um, well, my girlfriend at the time, current wife, uh, she was pregnant with our first child. And so I knew that there was more out there and I wanted to seek more. And that was kind of the turning point to say, OK, let me start doing some research to see what my true options are. That makes a lot of sense. And, you know, um, I've heard what I call uh, struggle stories behind success for a lot of people that actually didn't get in front of the curve and they were kind of behind it and were kind of pushed out and had to make, you know, leaps of faith when they weren't ready. So it was really good that you were in a position to kind of prepare yourself and to be ready for it. So, you know, in after what, eight years of business, do you have any regrets? Um, when you speak about, you know, making a plan prepared for, I will say I, I really wasn't as prepared as I thought or I probably should have been. Um, I felt more comfortable leaving at the time, but thinking about it on it now, um, I would have went about it a little bit differently. Um, you know, what what I ended up doing was I knew I had to get my, my insurance, my state licenses. And essentially I took off a week of paid time off with that particular employer and pursue my license. Once I gained my licenses, I thought that it was just going to be like another transition to another job. And I just put in my two weeks notice, you know, and um, and kind of relied on the, you know, the 401k that I had saved up to kind of get me through for six months to a year. Um, but the transition was a little bit more uh, challenging than I thought um, initially. Right. And it and it took a while for funds to start coming in. So it's a big change going from hourly with commission and then going to a hundred percent commission, which essentially you're self-employed no matter what company that you're representing. If it's a hundred percent commission, you know, it's, it's your duty to put bread on the table still. Yeah. Uh, so you, you bold, bold. Cause you, you, you just went out there. Okay. So well, I said, you... <laughs> a little, you know, a little bit of, you know, just young tenacity is like, all right, things are going to happen. And, you know, what I did was I, I actually thought that I would end up getting on with some of the big, you know, the big companies um, here, which they were interested. But I actually had made a decision to go into a smaller firm where I felt a little bit more comfortable um, at the time. And but like I said, the grind was even harder um, because it was a smaller company compared to some of the bigger companies. So um, that brokerage firm, you know, still poured a lot into me and I spent majority of my career there. Um, mm -hmm. And I know we're going to get into this later, but kind of, you know, I, I feel a joy in my career there before transitioning and saying, hey, it's time to take another leap of faith and kind of start your own firm. So STF Financial, what's the STF stand for? When I, uh, it stands for set the foundation. So okay. um, STF Financial set the foundation. It's something that I, you know, I feel that I kind of live by and I try to implement in everything any interaction I have with my clients. Um, it's just for them to kind of just look at where you are now and just make sure you have a good footing on your financial plans before we look into all the glamorous things of financial planning. So the non-glamorous things, what are some what are some of the things that you really wish that new entrepreneur new entrepreneurs knew about their finances and insurance? 
just high level because guess what they got to pay you they need to book you they need to put you on retainer <laughs> to get the they need to, they got to put you on retainer to get the nitty-gritty but high level stuff what are just some initial things that you really want new entrepreneurs to know that they really should um, make sure they look into and research well for one you know they say have a you know a good six months to a year savings uh, before you maybe you know taking that leap out there to, to go into whatever venture um, you're looking to transition into. Um, I would say it depends on the industry you're in um, based on what, what that looks like. You know, I, I'm, I'm in a, you know, my items that I, I sell, you know, I like to say I provide security um, to clients and that's, that's a piece of paper. It's not a big shiny car. It's not a diamond ring or some nice shoes you get to feel touch or whatnot. So it's a peace of mind type of um, service that I provide. And when you think about how much money you're going to need, you don't think about the things that come about that was unexpected. Um, so with that, you know, factor in the fact that you you may be losing your health insurance for a while um, or how are you looking to keep in that if you do transition? Because that's that's huge. You know, to care of your body is still important if you're pursuing the entrepreneurial lifestyle. In addition to that. Um, looking to reducing your expenses down during that time. Some people keep the same lifestyle as they had when they were working, but when you mm. go out here on your own, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a big change. It's a big difference. And you kind of start penny pinching time uh, because you're, you know that you have to retain something because you have to hunt for that next meal, so to speak. Right. That's good. That's real good. I hope you all are taking notes. These are nuggets that you absolutely need um, to start your business. And thinking on the savings, I'm going to be honest with you. When I started uh, my apparel line, Grind Match, definitely didn't have any money. Matter of fact, I don't think I've had any money anytime I've done anything. <laughs> don't recommend it, but I'm just telling. I just want to, just give me a minute. I just want to tell my story. So when I started Grind Match, what I did though, I did do orders. Like I took orders. So like I at least had the, I had the money. It just wasn't mine. Like the people placed their orders and then I made the big order to get it printed. Yeah. Um, but that was very time consuming. And I, you know, I, that was, that was short lived because it was so time consuming. Um, and it was a lot on me to fulfill orders and doing all that. But I have learned along the way that just as uh, a mature, responsible adult, what you are saying is absolutely accurate. Just having some type of savings and that just makes it more realistic and it makes more sense. Like, oh, you're serious about this because you've made a decision to save money, to create a budget, you know, to do all these things that are necessary to run a successful business. So absolutely love it. And I think that's very important. So along with what you just shared with us, kind of give us a breakdown of some of the services that you can provide for any new business owner? Well, one, one thing with, with new business owners, you know, as I mentioned before, when you leave that job, you left everything that they provided uh, for you. You know, that's dental vision, retirement plan, um, and, you know, and your health insurance, life insurance. So you don't want to neglect those things when you go into business. You still want to be able to have that same protection because if not, you're going to feel like, you're out in the cold with no with no clothes on, so to speak. You know, just just you feel more bare because you don't feel whole because the income that you are trying to produce or make, unless you just come out the gate, you know, making some 
you know, some tremendous feats in your business. That's one thing. But, you know, if you're in the hustle and the bustle of the business and you got to get recognition, you got to close certain deals, you got to get certain accounts um, to close for you to get paid, then you may go three months, you know, without paying a certain bill. But once you get paid, now you're having to rectify those three months that you went without, you know, going through payment arrangements or, or, or using your credit card to get through certain months or whatnot. So, you know, every entrepreneur has his struggles. Um, you know, I, biggest thing I tell people is, you know, don't get caught up in the success stories of everyone because, you know, you never really know how long it took um, or how well they may have prepared uh, for them to be able to get to that level. So, um, you know, in, you know, for us new entrepreneurs is still seek out, you know, your life coverage, still seek out how you can get health insurance um, and these things. And as far as my firm, you know, our model is that we like to help professionals and business owners navigate, grow and protect their, their financial assets. So it doesn't matter if it doesn't matter if you make thirty thousand dollars a year. Someone is relying on you to provide a financial security to them, whether that's your spouse, whether that's your mother, whether it's your, you know, your yourself. You you have bills to maintain. So ensuring that if something happens to you, happen to you, um, unexpectedly, that you're not putting a family member in a position to where they're they're putting themselves in in a financial bind because you may not have had the proper life insurance coverage for yourself can alleviate a lot of extra money going out between family members that that's not needed. Um, I, I might talk a lot on life insurance because um, in addition to life insurance, you know, I do do retirement plan. My sweet spot with clients are young professionals. Um, those that up, you know, just doing their thing corporate wise or individually as entrepreneurs and helping them leverage their, their benefit packages or looking to any kind of way to, that we can enhance their financial future. When it comes to business owners, it's, it's really just the foundation. What do you have? Um, what, what, what can we do to, 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 to leverage your tax situation on your business side? What type of services can we provide for you to incentivize employees to want to work for you? Um, and that's huge with a new entrepreneur as well is, is attracting mm -hmm. good talent. And most jobs, attract talent through benefits right but even if you're Absolutely. even if you're an employer that has benefits you have to come you have to get creative with doing certain things that's going to differentiate you from the employer that's right across the street that's doing that's in the same business as your current employer so if i have a widget company and i'm offering benefits and a certain level of pay but there's a widget company right across the street and they're offering the same thing well as an owner or as an entrepreneur or a business owner, what can I do to incentivize this great employee to stay with me? And a lot of times business owners don't think about those things is how to get creative on how to keep the good people. Because if you plan to be in business for a long time, it's good to have solid people around that's going to stick around. Absolutely. That makes sense. And thinking about solid people that you keep around, are you a solopreneur or do you have a team? I actually have just begun be building a team. So I've been a solopreneur, you know, as an individual, 100% commission only in, uh, broker um, for the past five or six years. Since now, when I decided to actually 
Jay, when I decided to to leave my firm and start my own, it's because I had a vision for how I wanted to help people. So realizing that I couldn't just leave a firm and just be a, a independent person out here in my lonesome and I'm dealing with people and their their finances and their money and their insurance, right? So essentially I had to build the connections and and get relationships of people that I had in my previous firm. So I had to go out and seek out that CPA or a couple of CPAs uh, for that point, attorneys. Um, when we talk about real estate um, professionals, just building a network of individuals that no matter what client I come across, we can all come to the table and, and assist them in a way that's beneficial and it's going to help them make the decision that, that they want to make to further their finances or their lifestyle. So, yeah. As you're building your team now, as you're growing, which is good because, you know, in 2019, yes. we got to level up, right? So what are some of the core core qualities that you're looking for in individuals that could join your team? Right now, you know, I have my professional connections. You know, those are pretty set. I'm always looking to build new, you know, build new relationships with other professionals. But as far as um, individual producers or people that want to um, kind of get into the insurance and financial industry, um, the, the, the number one rule I say is you, you got to be hungry. I'm a big Les Brown fan, and you have to be hungry because if you're not hungry, then you are okay with starving. And if you're okay with starving, then I can't let you down my team. Mm. You know, so my thing wait, is, wait, wait, is wait. that. Yeah. Did, did y'all write that down? I need you. Tweet that. What the? Tweet that. <laughs> the preacher say, tweet that. Yes. That's a word right there. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I mean, you, you, ha- <laughs> you have to be hungry. I mean, that's, I mean, the biggest thing about hunger is that you don't know how big of a meal you actually can hunt for. Right. You know, they always tell you, you know, you just got to get out and hunt. You don't know what you're going to find. You know, some days it may be some small, but other days you might actually close that big elephant, you know, but the thing about it is just being in the hunt. If you're not in the woods, you're not going to find any, any, any animals, so to speak, when using this hunting terminology. Um, but, you know, the, the, the biggest thing for me is you got to be hungry. You have to be willing to learn. Um, my career was based upon a lot of growth. Mm. It was a lot of stuff that I did not know. It was a lot of stuff that I didn't know that I need to know. And the, the thing about it is that, you know, my mom always told me, you never know what you don't know. So until you actually get into certain circles to where you realize that you may not be as equipped as you thought you were, it humbles you. And so I had a, a lot of humbling experiences in which I had to combat those with education. So I had to become a expert in certain areas before I moved on to something else. I didn't want to look at everything from a broad standpoint. And a lot of times in, in my profession, there are a lot of other um, agents out there that hold their, their licenses as I, as I do, and they commoditize our, you know, the services that I provide instead of treating it as something that's really impacting someone's life. So um, that to say this is that education is key. And if, you, if, you, if you're educated, then you know how what you're providing to people is able to help them. If you just think that what you provide is just going just because someone told you that this does this and then you go out and you solicit that product or service to a person 
and they begin to ask you questions, then that will put you in a position that makes you different from the person that's the expert. If you can't answer detailed questions, you can't put things in a way in layman's term for people to understand, it can it can throw your client off, you can throw your business off. So one, be hungry, two, be willing to learn, um, and three, just have fun. Just, you know, and 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 when it, with that fun is I say fun because I think you have to stay motivated. So if you can keep things fun, you keep people motivated. And uh, so when I'm looking for an individual is just some young tenacity, uh, someone that's, that's, that's eager to learn and someone that wants to provide uh, for their family in a profession that's, that yields, you know, a, a pretty decent income. Okay. That's what's up. So let me take a step back. When you were growing up, what'd you want to be? <laughs> when I was, when I was growing up, I wanted to be an optometrist. That is so hilarious. So many people wanted to be doctors. Like, I wanted to be a doctor that took apart conjoined twins, and here I am, so. I mean, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. You know, I wanted to be an optometrist because, you know, my mom would come from the nursing background, okay. so I know she dealt with a lot of, you know, blood and, and just trauma and things like that, so. I knew where, you know, I knew, especially being, you know, being from Memphis, the healthcare industry here is booming, right? So um, I knew I wanted to be something that was laid back, easy, and I can never forget, you know, I was 15 when I got my eyes checked, and I was just looking around. I was like, man, this is a pretty clean office. And I was like, all he does is is click lenses for to find out where what type of glasses we need. And I was like, this is the perfect thing to do. So, but, um, said it to say this, and I got to college at UTC, it didn't work out. So biology just didn't work <laughs> out for me and, uh, quickly changed my major like most college students do, I'm sure. And, uh, when it, and went into finance and uh, business. So gotcha. here I am. <laughs> All right. That's real. That's what's up. So as you've been navigating your way through this business world, how supportive um, were your family and your close friends when you first launched your business? Uh, I was, I would say it was. If you're speaking to my mom and dad, you know, you know, I'm their child. You know, it's, it's one of those, oh baby, for real, my aunt, we gonna help you how much we can. You know, it's one of those type <laughs> things. But as far as you know, family members actually uh, patronizing me. Those were the first people I kind of reached out to because that was the reason I got in the business. It's to be a resource to my family. So I got in just to do, just to be a life insurance person mm-hmm. um, initially. And that was my only goal was just to be a resource to my family because I got tired of the um, the fish fries. The glam- At this time, we were doing glamour shots and fish fries and calling around and asking people to stop by the funeral home to make donations and stuff. <laughs> And um, wait a minute, so, pause a fish fry. Yes. So, this was fish fry was like pre GoFundMe. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, back, yeah, before this, it was like, all right, we, you know, we're about to fry up some fish on Friday, make some spaghetti, some slaw. We're about to sell these plates, you know, and um, wow. that's how you know, that's how a lot of that's we did that a lot. Wow, um, you know, whether it was, yeah, it was, I mean, it was literally. Literally, you know, those things happening. And I'll never forget the day I made, I started researching life insurance agents. And I attended a funeral uh, of a family member 
And due to lack of life insurance, this particular family member, when he passed, um, the hearse was powder blue. I can laugh at that now, Jada, but <laughs> at the time, you know, it was powder blue. And I was just like, I even remember, I said, Mom, I never seen a powder blue hearse. You know, um, and I was, and, you know, I realized it was the lack of proper planning. And that was what we really, all we can do at the time. Yeah. Right. Um, and, you know, you know, highly respect all my family members, but we, you know, a lot of times we have to do better with planning in those particular situations because you got to think about it, that lack of them not having life insurance, Jada had to bring the whole family involved and to come out of their pockets, you know, and if we had just do those planning up front, we'll have to worry about it. Um, but, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's the thing is, is just when I made the decision of getting the life insurance, it eventually evolved to financial planning. And okay. then from there, I realized that, you know, it's more tool than just providing life insurance. This is not a commodity. This is mm -hmm. something that actually, can set a family up, you know, for their lifetime, you know? Absolutely. And a fun fact about Jada D is that before I got into the glamorous world of Tom Joyner Morning Show, I actually worked for a funeral funding company. It was a national okay. funeral funding company. We we were doing um, a funeral assignments. So we were doing, um, so if our clients were funeral homes. They would yeah. sign, so, you know, the, our clients with our funeral homes, they would agree to whatever the bill was for the funeral for a family that had life insurance. And the family, we would take on the like, the policy. They signed it over to us and we would go ahead and process it. And we funded their funeral for them within 24 to 48 hours. Mm -hmm. um, but I learned so much in that about financial planning during my I think two years there because I was working there while I was actually getting my MBA in Dallas. So because of that, I learned so much about financial planning and just life insurance and the need of it and the importance of it. And some of the things people forget, like changing your ex-wife to your current wife and all these important yeah. things that people don't think about. Um, I really learned a lot in that. And I'm really grateful for that experience, but I was just like, wow. I don't ever want to be in a position where I where I create um, chaos and drama for my family after I leave this earth. And so, you know, like I made sure as soon as I like in that moment, as I was really learning my role, I went back to, you know, you and I went to the same college. I went back to the alumni association with the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga and got onto their group plan. I said, if, if nothing else, if I could just get this ten or twenty thousand dollar life insurance policy that's going to carry me through the rest of my days that's more than yeah. having nothing and so i started with that yeah. and continued to grow from that and actually like now i think it's like 50 or sixty thousand, and i'm still only paying like thirty dollars a year which blows my mind honestly um and that's the thing you know it's 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 it's, it's all about starting early a little bit of something is better than a whole lot of nothing um and you know i commend you just from getting that you know, getting that going there early because, you know, a lot of people I sit down with, that's the reason why I, I really go out the young profession because 
it's, it's best to get it early. We don't want to have these discussions when you're 55, 60, and you've had health issues. Now it's a, it's a different thing. And, you know, another thing, you know, when you think about life insurance, Jack, a lot of people just equate that to just barrier insurance or it's some providing a benefit, you know, after someone's demise. And it's more to it than that. And it depends on the policy that you have and what benefits and also depends on what company is providing that particular life insurance policy because they have different incentives. They have different features. Um, they have some companies got more money than others. So they have more leverage and leeway on things um, than other companies. So one thing I learned about life insurance is that it is being used today, not just for burial, but for wealth accumulation as well. And it's one of the few vehicles where you're able to build wealth and access that wealth tax-free. Right. While you're living, by the way. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And I think that's that's one of the things that we as a as a community, as a culture, as a people, as a race, we have failed to realize how our counterparts have really capitalized on having insurance, life insurance and really having their financial situation in place and ready and planned to pass it on or in the event that it's even before they are able to pass it on, they're able to take from it a lot of information that we miss because we just don't know what we don't know, like you said earlier. Yeah, we don't. And, you know, a lot of a lot of it has is, is, is like they say, history repeating itself. You know, back, you know, back when life insurance was kind of first established, and you know, kind of created, you know, across the street, across the neighborhood, in another neighborhood, they may have been, you know, agents may have been selling a half a million six-figure policies to certain families, but when they come over to the African American neighborhood, those policies may not have been that large. Um, you know, even I can remember growing up, and the insurance may come knock on the door every week and collect our premiums growing up, but you know, those are only ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollar policies, in which across the way, as mentioned before, the six-figure policy that was being sold. So it was also the lack of resources, you know, and then, you know, I I still get that today. You know, I have older clients or clients that may want to call to see about insurance for their, their grandmother or such. And the grandmothers are, are saying, well, I got life insurance. I got, you know, I got my barrier. I got my plot. I got all this. And and they, they don't look at it. They look at it as, as barrier insurance and not uh, leaving an inheritance to your loved one, not leaving a legacy behind. I mean, even the Rockefellers have all life insurance. Right. <laughs> Correct. And, and and they really don't even, it's like, in, in from our point of view, at least from mine, let me speak for me, I'm like, they don't really need it. But even they have it. Like, wow. Yeah. Like, that puts it to, you know, it puts into perspective. Yeah, it, it protects their estate. Um, you know, no matter how much wealth you you built, you know, your money essentially has to go through some type of chain. Um, and then when you die, there there are all types of, you know, things that come up, such as, you know, state taxes, gift taxes that, that people want to hold. They want to hold on to what they built and they want to look into certain strategies. I'm not a tax professional. Um, I don't claim myself to be, but I do consult with those. What I do is help people look into ways that they can leverage their taxable situation. And life insurance happens to be one of those vehicles. And when you, you know, and another thing to that is that 
when you think when you talk about our community, Jada, and us not being privy to a lot of these things, that's been my mission is to educate young people like us on the importance of it, not only just for ourselves, but looking at your policy for your mom, because a lot of times or yes. your dad, your parents, because a lot of times or your grandparents, if you can if you can afford the premiums, I always recommend to people to look into getting that policy. Your grandparents and your mom may not be in a financial position to get an additional policy or to pay that amount because now they're at an older age. But if you, you know, if you're, you know, if you're single or if you know that you are great with saving or you have the income, um, put some aside and get some get something on them because you're doing two things. For one, you're protecting and giving them peace of mind that if something happens, they can have a proper arrangement. The second thing is that you're getting permission and you're setting yourself up to receive an inheritance. So when you think about that 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 second wind of of, of the career that you want to pursue or that business you wanted to start, look into maybe making some small contributions now and some small sacrifices now to look into receiving a benefit that's guaranteed. You know, we're definitely guaranteed to leave this earth. We just don't know when. Um, and like I said, planning around that, you know, can essentially put put more people in a, especially in the African-American community, put more of them in a position to have an inheritance so they can have a, a good foot now here. Oh, absolutely. I definitely completely agree with that. And, you know, I definitely feel like I, like you, even not even being in the insurance and financial industry, I definitely try to share whatever information I have and to provide, you know, to people just on the very basic level, the very surface level, but always encouraging them to seek a professional such as yourself to really take that to the next, you know, the next step. I, I am fortunate enough to be the offspring of parents that really want to make sure that they um, are equipping me and preparing me for um, generational wealth and making sure that everything that they do is really to pass it on. And, and I would be doing myself and my, my uh, generation and my peers a disservice mm-hmm. without sharing that knowledge. So, you know, that's what we're here for um, with the cup of grind podcast, just really to, Man, you know, just really share this information. So this is good. So I hope I really hope y'all are taking notes because this is really valuable information that you're not gonna get anywhere yeah, else. Yeah, I don't want to so, make your whole podcast all about things, life insurance. But it, 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 <laughs> Hey, listen, it's okay though, because I'm tired of seeing GoFundMe yeah. accounts and listings. Yeah. I, I really am. Like for me, for me, I would prefer to see, hey, can you help fund mm-hmm. this project, this business, something like that. I would prefer yeah. that than a comp- like a, a business owner who who has been running. Yeah. So listen, you already know where I'm going. A business owner who's been running yeah. a business for years in multiple cities yes. and don't have life insurance. Blown yes. away by that, right? I'm blown away by there. that. But one of the but one of the books I read back in twenty eighteen was a smart woman finish rich by david bach it changed it changed my life it literally speaks on everything that you're that you talk about i would even encourage you to read it so that you yeah. this would be actually a good book for you to read as a marketing tool to um to cater to women okay yeah. so he's a he's a guy that who was influenced by his grandmother and from his from his grandmother's influences and she actually died a millionaire 
but her husband didn't know that she was a millionaire, but she had been mm-hmm. investing. She had been making the right financial decisions for her, for her family. Matter mm-hmm. of fact, and he just really encourages women to make sure that even if the man in your family, your, your spouse, or your husband is the person that's the, the person that handles the finances, make sure you have a clear understanding of what's happening. Cause yeah. a lot of, cause most women outlive men and, and they uh-huh. are left, they're left with no understanding of what's really happening in their mm-hmm. household and their family and the decisions that are made, but more so because they can make, women can make really positive decisions if they just knew. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's highly important. Yeah. yeah. Now I was going to say, like, one of the things he said as it relates to like insurance, the one thing he said as it relates to like a business owner, he was like, you know, one of his clients has been running a multi-billion, multi-million dollar business. But when he asked her like, like what's gonna happen like when she dies or what when when she's no longer physically able to work day to day, she mm-hmm. actually had no money. Mm-hmm. She only had money when she's physically working. Mm-hmm. And that changed my. I was like, wait a minute, cause everything I do, like like people know me to be grinding, to be hustling. They know shut up, keep grinding. But in reality, I don't want to work. Not for yeah. real. I don't want to do nothing yeah. ever, actually. I'm just doing what I got to do right now. But in reality, I don't want to do nothing. Exactly. So I'm like, okay, what do I need to do right now so I ain't got to do nothing later? And that's the thing. You know, you want to you want to get your life on autopilot yes. at, at some point. You're grinding for a reason, right? And, um, you know, and this is not to knock anyone that, you know, that, that has to hold down on the job before they pursue their entrepreneurial lifestyle or or just listen to this podcast and 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 enjoy where they work and what they do, you know. And when you when you talk about women, it's highly important to, to as if you're a couple married, it's highly important to have that conversation together anyway. Uh, like you say, you don't want anything to happen where you don't know uh, what's going on, and then it's, it's either too late or you, you kind of push in the corner with things. But I'll be honest, you know, I, most of my clients are female, um, and the reason being is because a lot of time they are single mothers. Mm-hmm. Many times they are a little bit more cautious about their future. Um, the reality of it is that yes, they do live longer than than males, um, and that's on average seven to nine years. Um, if it hasn't grown because of you know health, technology, you know people are living longer these days. But um, but I will say this: in most households, statistically. They say that women are the CFOs of the household. So a lot yeah. of times, you know, the, the old mantra was that, you know, men and men went to work, brought home the pay, and um, the the homemaker at home kind of handled everything and, and did a lot of stuff for the home. Um, but that that's a value in itself. So when you look at a single mother uh, who may not, who father that may not really be a part of the children's life, they have a, a, a sense, a more sense of responsibility. Um, to where if something happens to them, it's about protecting the lifestyle. You know, it's about building up, building the lifestyle so that your kids are in a position to where, like I said before, they have a footing in this world. You know, they can graduate debt free from college. You know, they, they can have their home um, early on and, and learn about credit and and, and, and just just. The things that they we they, we we really don't learn this in school. That's really what it boils down to. Yeah, they don't teach us about money in school. Um, and I'm talking about from a you know grade level standpoint. But um, I'm going to check that out. Definitely check that book out. 
Yeah, I'll, and I'll leave this, the book, as well as a link to purchase, will be in the show notes, but it is called Smart Women Finish Rich by David Bach. He has several editions. He continued to update the book um, as the years continued, but that's that's the v- very vital information. So as I like to ask this question to everybody for the most part, but I really am excited to hear men kind of tell me. So what I call the mogul Mount Rushmore, four people, individuals dead or alive, that influence you enough to where you're like, those are my four starters. That's who I look up to. I take any advice or guidance from them. I'm inspired by them. Who are the four faces that would be in your mogul Mount Rushmore? Um, to come to mind, um, initially, I'll have to say my first person that kind of helped aid in trying to change my mindset uh, was mm-hmm. Les Brown. Yes, I love you for saying that. I uh, listen before you continue. I just need to say yeah. I love Les Brown for a number of reasons, but because this new age of speakers and motivation, all of that, the, everybody got their foundation from Les. Okay, yeah. they got the foundation from Les, and because I'm super assertive and excited, I love how laid back and monotone Les is. Yeah. I mean, he's exciting too. But I love, I can't do like the angry, aggressive speaker. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love Les's like engaging spirit and excitement. Yeah. Like I love him to death. I've met him multiple times. My mentor actually gave him his first speaking engagement 40 years ago. Yes. Yes. I've read about that. Heard about yes. it. Listen to him. Yeah. yeah. I love Les Brown. So he is. Yes. I, I, I mean, you I, are, I like Les. Yes. I, I like Les because of his passion. Um. And his story, to me, your story is everything. Um, you know, where you come from and what you've been through and who you are today is, is what's inspiring, especially in a young man like myself at the time. You know, um, there's a lot of things that can create negative um, energy within you, your mindset and the people around you. And sometimes it's it takes you hearing someone kind of going through the same troubles or similar situations and overcome them and how they did it can spark, you know, inspiration. So less is definitely up there. Um, a lot of, a lot of people is going to be probably people that I've, I've come across more recently, um, in my, mm-hmm. in my years of educating myself. So I would say less, um, I would say, I would say Tony Robbins. Okay. Um, I like Tony Robbins because I like how his story of wanting to impact families at such a young age. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe around I think in his teenage years, um, he set off on a goal to feed to feed one family, and I mean now he he, he feeds you know tens of thousands of families um, yearly. Um, mm-hmm. He impacts people on another level. Uh, so Tony Robbins. Um, Les Brown, um, Grant Cardone, he's like the dad that just, you know, cracked the whip on you <laughs> when you need it sometimes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, you, when you talk about that, you know, that, that aggressive type of speaker, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I get his aggression, 
but it also makes a lot of sense, <laughs> you know, when he's right, about right, that. right, right. You know, yeah. and sometimes we really can, and a lot of these things was really mindset for me. So these people are people that really transition my mindset. Um, and Napoleon Hill. Okay. Yes, the original. Rich. Yeah, the original Napoleon Hill. Um, I used, you know, Think and Grow Rich is, it's not a book, it's a manual for me. Um, so it's something I revisit all the time. Um, the stories that's in there and how that book sparked Think and Grow Rich, The Black Choice. Yes. Which was even more powerful. Oh my. So um, if since I'm limiting myself to four, you know, that's, what am I on three? Who am I got? I'm on three, right? You actually have hit four. You're done. Okay, 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 okay. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, more so, I would say it's a lot of authors and books that are really trans, that I can say that can be up there. It's just that I, I remember the titles of the books more so than the author at this point. But, uh, but yeah, those are my four, I would say. That's what's up. That's real. Like, I, I definitely, you know... I don't I don't take this lightly, but I, I know that you can appreciate and understand because of the people that you listed. I know that you are in the same space as me, like the Les Browns and the Napoleon Hills and the um, those people that really um, change the way that we think um, and the way that we do business mm-hmm. and the way that we just operate in general um, on on several different levels are super important because, you know, like Dennis Kimbrough, I've had the pleasure of being in the same space with him and interacting with him in Les Brown. And my personal mentor is George Frazier, who actually mm. gave Les Brown his first stage. So, you know, I'm very thankful to have been in those places. But I also know that it I have to do my due diligence and to share my wealth of knowledge with my, oh my peers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is why this is why I created this platform so that I can have people such as yourself, as well as sharing my own personal story and my own journey, because I have a wealth of knowledge. I have a lot of information that people inbox me, they email me, they DM me, always asking me, you know, just simple questions or sometimes more complex questions. And so that's really kind of what inspired me to even start this this podcast so i'm you know this is this is great this is good information this is this is good this is real good i think we have a social responsibility to make people aware of things they are not aware of um if not how you know how do we advance you know how do we how do we turn a Mm -hmm. big problem you know how do we solve a big problem with a simple solution if we don't tap into people who can be that 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 liaison that resource that contact for us like you stated before, Jade, is that you know people reach out to you because of who your network is, you know who what the the network you've built. So if Jada doesn't know the answer, Jada knows somebody that does, you know. And I think that's that's what's important too, you know, when you think about um, your responsibility of 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 educating people or or being that info that info you know information source for folks. So as a business owner. What are some of your essential business apps or systems or softwares that you're using to operate daily? Daily, I use, um, I probably won't even pronounce this right, but Caledinly. And um, I use that for my scheduling. Um, Definitely, I use MailChimp as well. Um, 
Microsoft Office. It's, to me, it's a, it's a lot of the things that I use are kind of industry focused. So it's not anything that's, that's out there for everybody, but typically just just a typical, you know, drip mail campaigns through mm-hmm. MailChimp. Um, all the social media outlets. I try to take advantage of those. There is another one I like is um, this new. It's called Ripley. And it helps you create mm-hmm. kind of digital ads or um, things that kind of, and it, it provides you like daily pictures and you can get creative and kind of create different memes and things to kind of, kind of put out there other than, you know, just information, but just kind of still touching people, letting you know, Hey, you know, we're still in business, you know, type thing. Uh, and, um, but most of the other things I use are internal as far as, you know, my coding software or any kind of planning software that I use. So like, cannot end this conversation without asking you how you maintain a business as well as being a father, as well as being a husband, because I know a lot of men out there really trying to make things happen. I've even seen, uh, I've seen recently a post about a man saying, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be in a serious relationship or married until I get my finances in order. And the person that posted it, I know that he is a business owner. So what are some of the tips mm-hmm. and just strategies and just what can you share with us? What nuggets can you give for the men out there that really want to start a business? Because most of the people listening are in the very beginning stages, wanting to start a business, but they got a lot of other stuff going on. And you have to, you have to chip at the mound one, one rock at a time. So um, I, what I found in just talking with people, Jada, is that when they talk about not having time or, the ability to do certain things, you know, I kind of challenged it and asked them about their day, you know, and, and, I, and it essentially kind of boils down to how bad do you want it? Um, how much time of you not acting, is it going to keep you from getting to where you're trying to go? So my thing is, is that I'm always a step closer to my destination. If I do at least one thing. So I try to focus. If I can't do all everything all at once, I will literally have just one thing on my agenda. And that one thing may only take an hour, may take 20 minutes, but essentially that's one step closer. To me, I feel as if I don't act um, on a daily towards my goals, then I'm essentially, the, the to me, I in my mindset, the one day I don't, go further and try to hit my tags or hit my goals for that day, it's put me two days behind. So if I, you know, if I go a week to me, that's like 14, it's going to take me 14 more days for me to hit the goal. Um, and I don't want to be behind like that. So um, I'm, I'm big on the fact that if you don't act now or if you don't move on a certain uh, vision or intuition that you have or gut feeling about a business, you know, God will put that vision and somebody else is ready to act. It's been plenty of times that I've had a good idea about something and didn't act on it. And then three years later, somebody else has ran with the idea that's already doing their thing in it. You know, and I'm sitting there like, that's mine. I, I thought of that a, a year ago. <laughs> no, you you thought of it, but you didn't move. And um, you have to move. And when it comes to battling um, wife and children, I mean, not battling, but kind of juggling wife and children, um, you do have to define those times that are work times. 
So I have is as an entrepreneur, you still have to say, hey, I'm at work from this time to this time. You know, yeah. a lot of people think that entrepreneurs get up and we do work in our pajamas. No. I mean, if 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 I got to work from home, I'm still getting dressed like a regular day. You know, um, it, it's, it's no different. I have to treat it like it's a job and you don't have a manager making you work. So if your dreams are not strong enough, your goals are not strong enough for you to attain them, you're going to be that employee that works for itself that is not moving or doing anything. So you got to have those work hours defined. You got to have a schedule defined. There has to be time for family and it has to be time, you know, for for your spouse as well. But as far as juggling them, it's, 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 it's definitely some great scheduling, some great schedule management going on there and, and, and setting your priorities on what you, what you do and won't take until your schedule too. Absolutely. Super important. Make sure y'all wrote that down. Super important, man. These are great nuggets. Before we get out of here, I just want to make sure that you share with everyone, where can we find you on social media? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, um, Instagram, Facebook, STF Financial. Um, Just put it in the search section. You'll find my company there. LinkedIn as well, STF Financial. Uh, My website is www.stffinancial.com for an overview of my services, products, uh, a little bit about myself, and a few articles on there that may um, help out some people as well. Um, We're located here in Memphis, but due to technology, we're able to to service clients um, in various cities. So don't be alarmed. I'm always open for a conference call or a video call. Uh, We said we're located in Midtown. Um, Our address is 1331 Union Avenue, 10th floor at the Union Center building. It's 38104 uh, Memphis, Tennessee. And um, anyone interested in further discussion about their their financial plans and their, their insurance or just looking into what to do with their group benefits at their job, feel free to give me a call, 901-214-7142. All right, man, you better plug it. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, Rod. I know that there are big things going to be popping for you for the rest of 2019 and for many years to come, so I appreciate you. I appreciate you, Jada. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Are you done playing games and ready to get out of your own way? Good. Go to jadadavis.com today to join my village, download your free startup checklist, and schedule time to speak with me during a free strategy call or think tank. That's J-A-D-A-D-A-V-I-S dot com. And as always, shut up, keep grinding.